This episode of the Cloudcast is sponsored by PagerDuty. Folks, if you work in IT ops, IT administration, you've got to know PagerDuty. PagerDuty eliminates the noise, chaos, and manual processes across the entire incident lifecycle. All the stuff that keeps you up at night, all the stuff that's complicated when applications fail and networks fail. And let's be honest, it happens. So PagerDuty is trusted by companies like Etsy, Nike, and GitHub, and a whole bunch of other companies that you guys know and trust on the internet. So to sign up for a free 30-day trial, visit www.pagerduty.com. And now, onto the show. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to another episode of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from our massive studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, unfortunately, Brian is a, a little under the weather tonight, so it's just myself. Um, but we've got a great guest this evening. Uh, we've said for a while that, that we want to dig more into the AWS ecosystem and the breadth of services that really enable more robust web scale applications. And... Tonight, we're going to dig into that in two different ways, both how to build scalable SaaS services and to leverage a very cool service that everyone really needs today. And, and with that, we've got Minaj Chaudhry, CTO and VP of Engineering at Logly. How are you doing, Minaj? I'm, do I'm doing great. Thanks, Aaron, for inviting me on the show. I really appreciate um, you and, and Cloudcast for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you very much. So so you actually, Manaj, both you and your team came very highly recommended to us by the team over at Evident IO. And we also learned about your service at the AWS Summit up in, in New York City. So tell us a little bit about your background and, and how it eventually led you to Logly. Absolutely. Uh, I can do that. So let me first introduce myself and then give you a little brief about Logly. I joined Logly eight months ago. Actually, even before I talk Logly and why I joined Logly, let me talk about my prior experience and what I did in the past. I think that that'll give a little bit more background and color to the SaaS offering we are building at Logly and, and, and how we are building that robust nature of SaaS offering. So I joined Cast Iron System in 2003 as, a, as an engineer. I joined the, the company when there was uh, not a whole lot of a product. The product was there, but it's not functional. There's no, no customer. So from there, we built three different products at Cast Iron. Uh, it was, Cast Iron was an integration company. It was trying to solve the integration needs of the customer. In those days, the integration products like Tipco, Web Methods, Vitria, they used to cost $1 million and then 2 to $3 million in professional services. And then somewhere your two systems start talking to each other. So in Cassian, the first product we built was a physical appliance where we said, you take this appliance, put it into your network, and your integration needs will be solved. And as the virtualization technology start picking up, in 2006, our customers start saying, you know what, it's very hard for us to bring this physical appliance. Can you give us 
something which we can put on our virtual infrastructure because we have spent so much money. So what we did was we built a virtual appliance for the same product. And the cool thing about what we did there was a single code base offering which has same functionality, same features, same price, but two different form factor. In 2008, the cloud wave got picked up and our customer said, you know what, now we don't even need your virtual appliance. We want something which we basically can connect from the cloud and our integration needs get solved. So we built first multi-tenant, completely SaaS-based integration offering and we released that product in 2009. So in 2009, we offered three different form factor of same product. Customer can choose whichever one they like. And in 2010, IBM came and acquired us, um, and it was one of the very good acquisition of IBM WebSphere Group in 2010. At that time, I was running the whole in- the engineering organization at Cast Iron System. And, and what's really interesting about that that kind of history is how that very much mirrored the industry in general, going from physical to virtual to to really more of as a service kind of offering. But the, what's interesting is you were actually able to successfully do all of those areas and and kind of leap forward as the market was leaping forward when when many companies really didn't. Yeah, I think, and that that's what is a testament to the cast iron team of basically keep evolving themselves as market grow. If we would have kept ourselves as a physical appliance company, probably we would not have as good exit as we had in 2010 and IBM came and bought us, right? Sure. So, and, and I think key thing is to basically, there I learned and I was basically telling team when we were building our cloud-based offering and virtual appliance is, you know, the great companies basically build the product on a single code base, have same features, and have same price point for customer. And that's what we exactly did. Some of our customers said, you know what, for physical servers, the cost should be higher, and for SaaS, it should be cheaper. And my answer to them was, you know, it is the value we provide to our customers is what is the price. You can take physical appliance if you think that's going to benefit. If you think virtual appliance, if, if you think SaaS, everything has the same feature. You pick and choose. We charge for a value, right? And and that was huge for us. So that was fun times at, at Castro. Um, and actually, then I stayed at IBM for two years build two different products. Apart from the original cast iron product, we built a cast iron express, which was again a cloud-based multi-tenant offering. It was much lighter version of uh, integration product. Very, very easy to use. And then I built another product called API management for cast iron. It was based on the cast iron uh, offering too. So, And when I had those two product built at IBM and was in production, I left IBM and joined Jive Software in 2012. I joined Jive Software to... Again, I built 
two different products from scratch and was part of also doing an acquisition of a company um, and, and was basically uh, evaluating and building uh, the big data offering. By the time I left the Jive, all of those products went live into production. And in the beginning of 2014, I joined Logly. Uh, and I'm pretty, ex- I'm really excited to be part of the team. This is an absolutely great time for a log management space. If you see every single person has started to realize that how important the log management has become because more and more companies are becoming data-driven, more and more companies are analyzing how their customers are using their product, more and more companies are making decisions based on analysis of the data. And more and more companies are understanding that the first big data problem is the log management. So, yeah. so that's, that's very fair because, without a doubt, um, you know, it, it just makes sense, right? That 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 logging is generating just a massive amount of data in an existing data center. Probably today, it may or may not be aggregated, and it is very much at times a needle in a haystack trying to find the data you really need at any given time. And sometimes you really, really need that data. (laughs) It becomes, you know, really important data to be able to sift through and and figure out what is going on. Yeah. And you as a company and a SaaS provider, right, who rely on the log management system, I'm not saying the on-premise companies don't rely, but I think the key focus for any companies is not try to build a log management infrastructure. They should be focused on building the value to their product and not worry about log management and literally use systems like Logly to do analysis, alerting, debugging, figuring out what happens uh, when the when the fire is happening on their production system. They should use Logly and that that's where the real value of log management is. And what I have seen recently, not only big players are getting attracted and start noticing the log management space, but more and more small companies are realizing that log management they want to have in a centralized place rather than them trying to manage on their own because it's very expensive to build uh, a log management solution which scales as your company grows, as your customer base grows, or as your number of server grows. Sure. And that's, that goes in with the common theme I hear a lot of times these days, uh, you know, from just about any startup of, of, you know, more and more you hear about why would you own physical assets anymore and, and whatever can be taken and, and, and hosted or managed somewhere else. It, It is, it makes sense because you're, you're allowing yourself to focus on what really matters. Um, yeah, and and that actually leads into so you actually have a very excellent talk and presentation, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes on on critical SaaS mistakes to avoid. Um, and you mentioned that scalability needs to be priority number one. Uh, how much different is building applications and services in the cloud versus say using uh, you know package software? Yeah, so I think. You hit the nail on the head, right? That the the difference between so if you look at the difference between the package software versus SaaS offering, right, is 
the reason any company come and use SaaS offering is they want to outsource the management, the scalability aspect, the the recovery aspect, the the backup aspect, and and basically don't want to worry about anything. They they basically sign up and assume that this service is going to be available 24 by 7, and I don't have to worry about anything. Whereas in package service, in a packaged software, you hand over a CD or a software to a customer, and as a vendor, your job is done. You probably give them best practices on how to build an infrastructure which will scale, which will basically have all the nitty-gritties so when things go haywire, it can recover. But guess who is managing? The customer who bought from the vendor is taking onus of that problem. Whereas in SaaS, customer is giving that onus to the vendor who's providing the service. So in that, that's why I say scalability and reliability for any multi-tenant SaaS application is the P1 priority, which they, which each vendor of a SaaS application treat it as, right? They should not treat it as, oh, the scalability is a side effort, which I will worry about later. Let me get my product out. That is a huge mistake. They should keep scalability as a P1 feature, which with every single release, every single feature development, they keep in mind. Yeah, and that's that's really interesting because... You do hear sometimes people actually say of, you know, the whole the whole concept of minimal minimum viable product, MVP, of, of just get something out there and, and you can fin- figure out all that other stuff later. But but yeah, when it comes to scalability really almost being that, that most fundamental piece of if it's not right from the beginning, you're pretty much rewriting your application anyway. <laughs> right and 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 actually to talk about that for a little bit about you know the the whole concept of building web scale SaaS applications um so so i'm kind of making an assumption here but but i'm assuming logly was built from day one uh as a web scale SaaS application um and and kind of asking you um you know lessons learned or or looking back is there anything that you would have either done differently or you you know like oh this this is something right here that was a decision we made that if we didn't make this decision things could have gone very bad okay yeah that is correct the logly was built as a saas product from day 1 um and we will always be a saas company um i at least in a near future, I can see. So I think it'll be valuable for me to just give a little bit more background on Logly. So Logly was formed in in September of 2009. Founding team did a great job in coming up with the first version of the product. And call, we call it a generation one product. Um, there was some scalability issue with that product and it was not really ready to go to the enterprise level. So we decided in 2012 that we need to go and rebuild our product 
so that we are ready for next level of our customer enterprise class product, very stable and have a feature set which the log management space is needed and the customer is aspiring for. So you spend one year rewriting the product. And what we did is when we, re- when we were rewriting the product, the goal set for the team was, hey, we need to write a product which able to consume as much as, our, as much as the customer throw logs at us. We should never drop the, the log no matter at what rate customers send to us. Right, and then write a simple to use user interface. We're not gonna build the API first and then patch a user interface on top of it. It is a consumer grade, it's a product for enterprise. That doesn't mean it need to suck. We need to write write a product which is for enterprise market with enterprise class feature, with enterprise stability, but a fee, the usability aspect of it is a consumer grid, simple to use, low touch, and people can come up to speed real quick. Gotcha. And, okay. Okay. And I'm so proud that we did exactly that. Right now, what what lesson I have learned in SaaS in general, I would say is the key thing any company should be aware of is that what they expect their customer to behave customer will never behave or use the product the way they think or the way the SaaS company think so solving the unpredictable pattern of usage of your product is key so for example we initially assume that when our customer will send the log data to us the traffic pattern will be pretty much consistent. But what we realize is the pattern at which customers send traffic to us, very humongous. So sometimes they're sending us at a normal rate of 2,000 events per second. Suddenly they have an issue or a fire in their production and they start sending us at the rate of 200,000 events per second or whatever. I may be um, saying too much here, but the pattern is not same. So we need to build an infrastructure when this kind of unpredictable load come from our customer, we can shield well-behaved customer and not penalize for them, right? That That's huge. Yeah, and so that's, that's interesting because yeah, if you think about it, yeah, this is a potentially a very very complex system on the back end because you you have to ingest you have to parse you have to analyze you have to tag data you have to multi-tenancy of isolating one customer from another customer managing historical logs over time and then exactly that visualize it build a an interface on top of all of this and potentially give recommendations all in in real time and so can you give us a sense of, of how that is set up behind the scenes and how all of that, that magic kind of happens? Yes, uh, definitely. I can, and I can give you a flavor of it. I, I don't think it will be easy to give that information on, on a, on, on a, <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> on a voice interview, but, but I, 
it, it's a, as you just explained, it's a very complex system, right? And one thing what customer expect in the log management system is the moment it leave, moment the log events leave, leave their premises, they should be searchable from our UI right there and then. So they, they just don't want to see any latency in there. That's one. Two, they just want, don't, they can expect less feature, less functionality, but they want reliability where their data will never get dropped, right? So what we do behind the scene is we have built a massive infrastructure to make sure that nothing get dropped. What that mean is when this massive inflow of event come, we can first, first and foremost, we can collect them at a network speed, right? Our first entry point to Logly system is collector and they are the most efficient piece of software we have written so that no data get dropped. The moment they grab the data, they persist it. And as you mentioned, after that, we basically have written a model where there are massive number of processes sitting, which take from that persistent store where collector has put the data, pull them into in their in their memory and start processing them, start massaging them. And at every level, when we do that massaging of the event or mapping it to a customer or parsing it according to the rule, we keep persisting so that we don't lose that data. And the real thing is even with that checkpoint, the persistence after every business logic, we have written a piece of software which is so efficient that we need our customer demand of leaving their log from their premises to to be available to search in almost near real time. Gotcha. And and so based off of that, what are the probably the most common scenarios that that companies are deciding that hey, I need help and and a company such as Logly can can help me with this exactly so i think as i said right uh, it's there are a lot of scenarios but what what i would say is we land up mostly in a greenfield situation where people have we people are not using any log management system right but what happens is lo- <laughs> the log management is first big data problem if you see how many times when and a DevOps person get page at 3 a.m. in the morning with a pager call saying out of disk space or running low in the disk. The first reaction of them is, let me go to the var log directory and see which are the logs I want to delete, right? So what they want to do is preserve that log. They don't want to prematurely get rid of the log so when they need most, those logs they don't have in their desk. Second thing they come to us for is to do analysis, right? When there, when there are, after a production issue, if they want to analyze what happened so that they can build the, the tools to prevent similar kind of fires in the future, 
they come and basically have used logly for. They come to us to prevent those fire. So they they basically configure alert for for a particular type of log which they can detect before a fire can hop happen. So for example, they say if I see four or four more than five times in less than a minute send my DevOps person a pager, right? A call. So those are the kind of scenarios what customer come for. One is before a fire, they want to preserve their log, go look at the issues in a normal study course of action. When they have issue in the production, they want to basically do an analysis of what happened in a production and take a corrective action. And the third is to protect fires and detect in advance through the log that there is something going to happen wrong so they get notified before the fire happens. Cool. Very cool. Now, let's talk about AWS for a second. Um, Logging really became more visible at AWS Summit when AWS themselves announced centralized log management. And, And... How does your world change when AWS elevates a service that, that quite frankly, plays in your domain? It's funny you you, you asked that question, right? And I was was mentioning in the beginning of this interview that we are seeing more traction towards log management market by these big players. And to be honest... I'm glad to see Amazon come in this space, right? It helped us validate the market. It helped customer realize that this market is huge. Amazon will come and enter into space, which is, which is basically not a million dollar market. This is billions of dollars of market, right? And we think that they will be playing a partner role with us rather than a kind of a competition. That's what how I assume because their offering is more of an API where you can extract your logs from. We are much more than that. And so I, I really expect to play as a partner rather than a competition. But it is good to have player like Amazon come into the log management space. Yeah, and it really it really does seem like more and more AWS is choosing to really build out the any services they add really are more like foundational plumbing, if you will. Right. And then you're building something on top of it that would potentially attach to that, as opposed to them trying to build on full out applications and services. They they definitely seem to be much more foundational at this time. Exactly. And that I say that I see that more of our partner, they expose their logging streams and we can do and allow our customer to do analysis on it, alert on it, debugging on it. And that's how I see AWS logging. Yep. Hey, Minaj, you're breaking up again, but actually we're kind of out of time for this week. So what I'll do is I'm just going to go ahead and close out the podcast. Um, uh, on behalf of Minaj, um, if you are interested, go ahead and go to logly.com or on Twitter at logly. 
And Minaj, very much thank you. Thank you very much for your time this week. If you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at the CloudcastNet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening. for listening we hope you enjoyed the show and by you of course we mean the NSA